We're doing a series and we're calling it Anchors. Many of you are familiar with Acts chapter 27 when the Apostle Paul was heading for Rome and there was a great storm that took place called Eurekladon. And Eurekladon was wanting to wreck his trip and to short circuit his divine purpose. But Paul was not moved by that. Paul put down the anchor of purpose because he knew he had a word from God that he must appear before Caesar. And when the ship was wrecked and when it was about to go aground right there near Malta, they let down four anchors. And I think I have a picture of those anchors here if we could go ahead and show that. They say that these are Roman anchors And they went out and did an expedition many, many years ago. And they pulled these anchors up exactly where the place, a hundred fathoms deep, where that ship would have wrecked. Of course, you can't say for sure, but those are what those anchors look like. They look good, don't they? This morning, I want to talk to you along the lines of another Anchor. Let's go to Acts chapter 27 and let's begin in verse 21 through 23. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. And that's exactly what happened. For there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Did you know that if you serve God, the angels of the Lord, as you fear God, encamp around you as well? And here's what he said, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar... And lo, I have given you all of them that sail with thee. Verse 25. Let's read it together. Ready? Read. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. I want you to notice those four words. For I believe God. We could say it this way, that Paul, because he had a word, faith came and he let the anchor of faith down. And each and every one of us must put down certain anchors in our our lives if we're going to have holding power and stability in our lives. When you and I take very seriously scriptures like Romans 1.17, where he says the just shall live by faith. When we are serious about 2 Corinthians 5.7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. When we let that anchor of faith down in our life, it holds us steady. And one thing for sure is it pleases our Heavenly Father. Faith pleases God. No matter what our situation may be, whatever we may be going through, if we'll call on the Lord and we'll put our trust in Him, it pleases your Heavenly Father. 
Of course, you know what the Word of God says in Hebrews eleven six. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Well, somebody said, I can't please God because I don't have faith. If you're born of God, you have the measure of faith on the inside of you. And what needs to happen is you need to cultivate that and develop that and exercise that so that it can grow and that you can, that you can please your heavenly father. I like to say without trust, it's impossible to please him. You have faith. You have the ability to trust God. Amen. Some scriptures along the line of trust. Trust in the Lord with what? With all of your heart. That's not talking about the blood pump. That's talking about your inner man where faith resides. It is with the heart that man believes. And it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. So when you're trusting in the Lord with all of your heart, amen, sometimes your head will say other things. Sometimes your circumstances will say other things. But you can have a head bypass. You can have a circumstance bypass if you'll keep your eyes on Him and trust Him with all of your heart. Here's what David said in Psalms 18 and verse 2. Let's read this together, please. Ready, read. The Lord is my rock and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation. Now keep that verse up there just for a moment. Notice with me, Brenda just read, my God shall supply. Well, the same God who supplies, he's your fortress. We need to personalize this. And believe this with all of our heart. He's my deliverer. He's my strength. He's my buckler. He's my salvation. And he is my protector. He is your high tower. Glory to God. And then in Psalm 38 verse 28 verse 7. It says the Lord is my strength. I was laying in bed yesterday afternoon and I just said it over and over and over and over again. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I will go in the strength of the Lord. The Lord is the strength of my life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong in the Lord. You know what took place? Weakness left my body and strength came into it. And God is no respecter of persons. He is a respecter of trust. And you have the ability to trust. And one way that we release our trust is by faith words. He's the strength of my life. He is my shield. My heart trusts in you and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth and with my song, I will praise him. 
Can we just do about 10 seconds and have a praise break right now? Just lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Hey, strength is coming into the house. Strength is coming into your temple. He's strengthening you. Glory to God. We magnify you, Lord. You are the strength of our life. You are our strength. You are our high tower. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Now, something else happens when you and I put this anchor of faith down. It's what Pastor Brenda did an excellent job on last week. She talked about overcoming. We do have hundreds of overcomers in the house today. We do have hundreds of overcomers online today. Just go ahead and wave at your online group today. Woohoo, glory. So I don't want to preach long on that, but let me remind you, 1 John 5, 4, whatsoever is born of God. You're born of God. I'm born of God. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory. That's the victory. That's the victory. Hallelujah. Now a third thing that can happen in our lives when we put this anchor of faith down is you and I can access great grace. We can access the great grace of God. In Romans, the fifth chapter, in verse 1 and verse 2, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, that simply means you have been made righteous in Christ, you have right standing with God by faith. And because you have right standing with God, one of the signs that can take place in our lives will have peace. Amen. We have peace with God. We know, praise God, if we put our head on the pillow tonight and the rapture happened in the church, we'd be out of our bed. We have peace with God. There's nothing greater in my thinking, than having the assurance of your salvation. Knowing that you know that you're born of God. Knowing that you know that you have a home in heaven waiting for you. And if you've not yet made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, it's with the heart that man believes. And it's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. And so we see that we're justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice this in verse 2. Let's read it together. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now notice that. We access this great grace with our faith. And there is no one that is born of God that has gone to the throne of grace in faith to access grace where their access has been denied. You are never denied access into the grace of God. 
It is there. It is abundant. It is multifaceted. It is multidimensional. There's grace for whatever you and I face. And we access this by our trust in God. Woohoo! Glory to God. Now look at another scripture, Romans 5, verse 17. It says here, For if by one man's offense death reigned, that's talking about Adam's transgression. So if by one man's offense death reigned, well, it did reign until Jesus came. By one. Much more, now notice this, they which receive, we receive with our faith. We receive with our trust. They which receive, notice with me, an abundance of grace. Everyone say, abundance of grace. What happens as a result of you and I receiving the abundance of grace? Well, we also have received the gift of righteousness, but we will begin to reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just want to say to you, you have an abundance of grace that you can access in your life now, tomorrow, in the future, and every day of your life. Notice with me in Ephesians, the second chapter, in the eighth and ninth verse, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is what? It is the gift of God. So we see here, the word salvation certainly includes salvation from our sins, but it also includes soundness in all areas. So it says, for by grace are we saved. For by grace are we saved, receiving the uh, strength for our race, receiving divine health and healing, receiving divine provision, receiving strength for our emotions. You know, our emotions are very important to the Lord. And your emotions have been... uh, placed in a position where you can come to the grace of God if you're hurting and access peace and access joy and access restoration in your soul, in your mind. There are a lot of things that come against our mind. There are a lot of things that come against our soul. I think one of the biggest battles that I've faced during this bout with COVID is the battle in the mind. All of the thoughts, all of the suggestions. What if your breathing goes south? What if this? What if that? What if you never get back to church? What if you die? (laughs) Sounds familiar? Well, we know this. The devil is a liar. But if we sit there and listen to him all day, it can have an effect on our mind. 
And that's why he said, this abundance of grace is available for you, spirit, soul, (coughs) and body. We have the ability to cast down imaginations. We have the ability to cast down the images that the enemy brings to our soul and bring them into captivity to the word of the living God. Thank God you have been equipped with weapons. The weapons of our warfare. And there is a battle. There is a war going on. But God says you can fight the good fight of faith. You can fight the good fight of faith. Trust me. Access my grace. And you will make it through to the other side. Somebody shout amen. Whatever challenges we face. It could be emotional. It could be from a loss. It could be from a loss of job. It could be from from some grief that you're going through. Whatever challenges that we face, dear brothers and sisters, God, His grace is available to us. And so faith receives what His grace has made available. Grace says, here it is. It's done. And faith says, it's mine. I have it now. Faith says, it's mine. I have it now. Try that one on for size right now. Say it with me. It's mine. I have it. I have it now. And so the Apostle Paul, he put this anchor of faith down and he accessed great grace in a great storm. And he addressed something about the grace of God to the church of Corinth. I love this verse of scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 7. How many of you know the devil didn't like Paul? And one of the main reasons he didn't like him is because he had received abundant revelation. He received the revelation of who you are, what you can do, and where you are in Christ. The enemy didn't like it. So he set up roadblocks. He set up all sorts of traps for the Apostle Paul. And quite frankly, Paul kind of got tired of it. Now notice with me in verse 7. Unless I should be exalted. Did you know that God has no problem exalting you? He does have difficulty exalting the proud. But if we'll humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, He'll exalt us in due time. And He says, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations... There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. And the Bible says this thorn in the flesh was not sent from God. It says a messenger of Satan to befame me. No, a messenger of Satan to buffet me with the intention of stopping him. Lest I should be exalted above measure. Now notice in verse 8. For this thing, I went to the Lord three times. 
that it might depart from me. Verse 9. And he said unto me, read that phrase with me, my grace is sufficient for thee. If his grace was sufficient for Paul, his grace is sufficient for you. Now notice what Paul got a hold of. He said, well, for my grace, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, most gladly then will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ Oh, we want, we need, we desire, we value the power of Christ resting on us. That word sufficient is abundant. Now I want to read that same verse from the Amplified Version. It says, Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities, that the strength and power of Christ the Messiah may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over me and dwell upon me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 10 again. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Let the weak say. Let me try this sec. Let's try it over here. Let the weak say. Over here. Let the weak say. So if you feel weak, don't talk weak. The way to get out of weak is to talk yourself out of it. Let the weak say, Let the weak say, Let the sick say, Let the poor say, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Glory to God. One translation says, For when I am weak in human strength, then I am truly strong, able, powerful in divine strength. Oh, hallelujah. What is the need that you have today? His grace is all over this place. Whatever you need today, let's activate this grace right now. I'm going to give you a few moments to think about it. It could be in your physical being. It could be in your finances. It could be in your relationships. It could be in your emotions. Whatever it is, let's access this great grace with our faith right now. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice right now with me and just pray out of your heart and thank God for the grace of God. Oh, glory to God. 
Oh, we worship Thank you, Lord God, for your great grace is in this place. And you said that your grace is sufficient, that it is abundant for us. Go ahead and pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I see in your word that your great grace is abundant. And so this morning at 11.06, I come boldly to the throne of grace to find help, to obtain mercy in my time of need. I'm asking you for the grace of strength, for the grace of healing, for the grace of relationships, for the grace of restoration, for the grace of provision, for the grace of emotional well-being. I access this now and I believe that I receive this grace in every area of my life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your grace is sufficient. The grace of God is working in my mind. It's working in my heart. It's working in my body. Woo, glory to God. 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 Thank you, Lord. Now, another word for grace is favor. So, we access the favor of God in the same way. Is there anybody here this morning that could use some favor in an area of your life? One way to access this great favor is to recognize it and to talk about it. One thing that Brenda and I do is we say regularly that we have favor with God and with man. And that the favor of God goes before us. And it opens doors that no man can shut. The favor of God is bringing increase into our lives. We have supernatural favor with God every day of our lives. You know, Brenda's been exercising faith for favor for parking places for years. You know, the kids kind of used to tease her about it. Oh, mom's got parking favor. But did you know, every time we'd go to a restaurant or go to a mall, there was our parking place. Now, don't take the favor of God lightly. The favor of God is yours. In Psalms 512, it says, For thou wilt, praise God, show you favor. He will encompass you about with favor as with a shield. And if you want the favor of God and the grace of God to be multiplied in your life, give God the glory every time you see a manifestation of His favor. It will position you for greater favor. Thank God you have favor. We have favor with God. We have favor with man. Everywhere we go, the favor of God is going before us. And so Paul said, the Lord said to Paul, the grace of God is sufficient for you.
And lastly this morning, the fourth thing that I see that can happen in our lives when we, in, when we let this anchor of faith down is we enter into supernatural divine rest. How many of you could use a little rest for your soul? Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me. And I will cause my rest and my refreshment to minister to you in a supernatural way. The writer to the book of Hebrews addressed this. He said in Hebrews chapter 4 and verses 1 through 3. He said, let us therefore fear. Now that word fear here does not mean be afraid. No, what this literally means, let's be aware of this. Let's reverence this. Let's not take what I'm about to say to you lightly. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise be left of us entering to his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So we don't want to come short of the rest of God that he's made available to us. Don't get so restful that you fall asleep in church. (laughs) Verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So we know the importance of not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer thereof. So we don't profit by hearing only. We are blessed when we do what we hear. Amen? Now notice in verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I want to say something to you that's very important. I believe that the highest form of faith is having rest in your life. Somebody says, okay, great, but how do I enter into this rest? We enter into this rest by our faith and by having a knowledge of what's already been accomplished for us. Remember when God created the earth, created the heaven and the earth... What did he do on the seventh day? God rested on the seventh day. The question now is, why did he rest? He rested because it is finished. He had no more to do where it it was related to the creation. And so on the seventh day, he rested. Why? Because... It was finished. And this is a picture of Jesus and of the things that would happen in the New Testament when the new covenant was established after the cross. What did Jesus say on the cross? He said, it is finished. In the ancient Greek, it's teleo, 
which literally means this is the cry not of a loser, this is the cry of a winner. What Jesus did, he finished the eternal purpose of the cross. It stands today as a finished work of Christ. This is the foundation of our walk with God. He rested because it was finished. And he gave us an example. <coughs> Excuse me. He gave us an example. You and I too, we can rest in the finished works of Christ. In verse 10 in the Amplified, it says this. For he who has once entered into God's rest also has ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors. Just as God rested from those labors peculiarly his own. Think about that. He didn't strive. He didn't uh, sweat because it was done. Because it was finished. Now there's a scripture that says you and I must labor to enter into that rest. Well, that kind of sounds like a contradiction. But the labor that he's talking about is not the labor of the flesh. It's not the labor of works. It's not the labor of legalism. The labor is the labor of staying in faith. The labor is the labor of standing strong in your blood covenant. The labor is the, the labor of casting down imaginations. And so once the rest of God has come into your life by accessing the grace of God with your faith, you've got to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Continue to stand on the Word of God. That is the works of your faith. That is the labor of your faith. We should not just stand idly by and have this attitude, que Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. We just don't know what the Lord will do. No, we know what the Lord has already done. We stand on the word of God and we labor, praise God, and fight the good of fight of faith to stay in the rest of God. Can you say amen? amen? And so there therefore remains a rest for his people. Those who have entered into rest have ceased from their own works. Now we've been around this for many, many years. And it's been our observation that there are so many people that are struggling because they don't really believe that everything they need is already finished and waiting to be received. It's difficult for some people to believe that Jesus would do something for them without them having to earn it. He already earned it. He already bought and paid for it for you and I. Here's what legalism says. Legalism says we must work to try to finish what Jesus has completed. But the only work that is necessary for you is entering into his rest. Rest in your healing. Enter into the rest of your provision because it is finished. It's already done. So we must not try to get through our own works what he's already gotten for us through his work. Amen. 
And just think about some of the things that he's already done. He has done great things. And he's not finished yet. He's done great things, but he's not finished yet. There are greater things in store for you and for me. As we put this anchor of faith down. Greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Greater grace. Position yourself for greater grace. By pressing into the word of God. Position yourself for greater grace. Through the knowledge of God. By having revelation knowledge. Amen. Of who you are in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the greatest prayers that you can pray for yourself on a daily basis. Brother Hagen prayed this prayer for himself for six months when he was pastoring. He locked himself up in his church and he just put his Bible open to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 23. And he prayed this prayer over and over and over again for himself. And after a six-month period, he started seeing things in the Word of God that he had never seen before. How many of you know there's more to see? There's more light to be had. There's more revelation to be received. And Aretha, Mrs. Hagen, said to him, she said, well, you're getting now where you can give a pretty good talk. How many of you know, without revelation, without knowledge, without the anointing, all it is is a talk. But he started getting revelation and insight into the Word of God. Dreams and visions started coming his way. Greater things started to happen in his life. Those great things and greater things were already available to him, but he had to take the step of faith and pray fervently that it would become his own. And this prayer in Ephesians 1, verses 17 through 23, man, I encourage you to pray it at least once a week for yourself. And if not once a week, pray it every day. And here's what it looks like. Ephesians 1, verses 17 through 23. I pray that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, I pray this all the time for you, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of of his inheritance in in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Notice verse 20 which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Woo, glory to God. I said glory to God. 
That's shouting ground. And if you will pray that prayer purposefully and pray it diligently and apply your faith while you're praying it, you'll start to see things you've never seen before. Things will start to happen. The lights will go on. He said that our eyes of our understanding may be flooded with light. I believe this, that God has got for you and I, in this day and hour in which we live, He's got windows of light available to all of us. What do you see in a window of light? You see what you need to see. Amen. Windows of light. Doors of opportunities. We could say it this way, doors of divine favor. Doors of abundance of grace. Doors of an increase in your life. Doors of opportunities. And then streams of provision. What kind of provision? Streams of it. Streams of provision. Hallelujah. Don't limit God by your job. Be diligent on your job. Be diligent to sow your seed and to bring your tithes and offerings. But never, ever limit God by your paycheck. Now, why is that? Because God is bigger than your paycheck. Amen. We do not limit God in this house by placing our affection on what you give in the offering. We do not look to man to meet our needs here. Now, thank God for man. Because man should give. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall who? Shall men give to your bosom. Thank God that man has the capability to give. But we don't look to man in this house. We look to the man, the high priest of our confession. And he has never, ever let us down. And I'm going to add this. He never will. He never has and he never will. I hear David saying, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed out begging for bread. You know, as a believer, we are not beggars. We do not have to let everybody know what our need is. We let our requests be made known unto God, and then God deals with people wherever they are and whoever they are, whether they're in the Bay Area, Hong Kong, China, Thailand, Russia, whatever the case may be, our God is faithful. To supply all of our need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last year, for example. You know, it wasn't an easy year by any stretch of the imagination. The last two years. Of course, you know the shutdowns happened in March of 2020. Has it been two years already? Last year, for example. You know, we were running a little bit behind. But praise God, lo and behold, a check came in the mail for $200,000 from someone that is not a part of this church. Can you say glory to God? Can you just lift up your voice and shout glory? 
But it's not just that check. You were faithful. You were diligent to bring your seed. Your check may not have been $200,000, but it could have been $200 or $20 or $2. How many of you know every seed makes a difference for the fulfillment of the vision that God has given us here in this church? So don't be moved by the clock. Somebody said, you're just saying that because it's almost 1130. Don't be moved by the clock. Don't be moved by, got to have it now, got to have it now, got to have it now. No, faith says, it's mine, I have it now. And you get your angels activated by speaking forth your blood covenant rights for your provision. Amen? Amen. Praise God. That just feels good to talk about that right now. But think about what He's already done. Think about the finished works of Christ. We quoted it earlier. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Another verse of Scripture, Colossians 1.13 says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Isn't it good to know that you've already been delivered? What that means is your deliverance has already been bought and paid for. Amen. I'm trying to get my niece to see that. This week we got a phone call. My little niece, she's a daughter of my brother Tim. Uh, My brother Tim... Uh, had cancer and he died when he was 56 years old. He was he was my buddy. <laughs> we did everything together. Such a great great brother and a great great friend. Well, he got taken out by cancer and he has two daughters, and one of them has been battling in, in uh, alcoholism for years. Been and out of treatment for four or five years, or four or five times, and so we reached out to her. And we are believing God for deliverance. Will you hook and join with me? Her name is Jeannie. And we are just standing on the word of God. Praise God that she will lay hold of the deliverance that has already been bought and paid for. I called a good friend of mine, Nikki Ken. How many of you remember Nick? I said, Nick, would you give her a call? And Nick's going to give her a call. Praise God. And if she's not saved, she's going to be saved. And she's going to get the help that she needs to God be the glory. See, if people can just see they've already been delivered. They've already been set free. It's bought and paid for. There's no addiction that can stand in the way of the blood of Jesus. There is nothing in this world that can outdo what Jesus has already done in the kingdom of God. He's delivered us already. Deliverance has been bought and paid for, for depression, oppression, and all manner of fear. What else has he done? Well, in Ephesians 1, 7, it says, To the praise of his glory, who hath made us accepted 
in the beloved to the praise of the glory of his grace when he has made us accepted. Did you know that you're already accepted? We are not the rejected. We are the accepted in the beloved. How about one more? Can you do one more? Let's all stand to our feet. Just to show you I'm not kidding. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 3. As Pastor Tom comes. Glory to God. I think we ought to shout a little bit and give God praise. <laughs> Glory to God. <coughs> Ephesians, the first chapter. I want you to read it with me like you mean it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What has he done? He has blessed us. Who are you? You are the blessed. Say with me, we're so blessed. The blessed people call us blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Paul put that anchor down. We're putting that anchor down. Paul made it to Rome. And you're going to make it through whatever you're going through. As you trust him, as you access his grace and just enter into the rest of God.